Good morning. Welcome to worship at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. We're delighted to welcome you to this hour of worship. If you are joining us by WRR or if you are live streaming, we extend a warm welcome to you and to all of you here in the sanctuary. We are glad that you're here. If you happen to be a visitor among us, we are especially glad to welcome you and we look forward to coming to know you. I want to invite you to take the friendship pads, which you will find at the end of your pews, and ask that you complete those to let us know of your attendance. But equally important, please take a note of the names of those who are worshiping alongside you so that you can greet them personally at the conclusion of our service. It is our hope that we communicate the importance of community as we uh, gather together for worship each week. If you are a visitor among us, we have welcome bags that include information about the life and ministry of our church. A homemade gift is included, and you can find these bags in the atrium. This is th that is through the north transept doors here, and to the right, we have in individuals with yellow name tags who are there to greet you and to talk to you about our church in ways that you may be, be uh, involved in the life of Preston Hollow. We, uh, if you are new to Preston Hollow or if you are a returning person after the summer and you are interested in finding ways to connect with the church and be involved in various opportunities for education and uh, groups and the like, you may complete a connection card. These are new cards. These versions are new cards. You will find these in the pew racks. We want to encourage you to use them as you would like. Uh, on one side is the connection card to let us know of your interest in activities in the life of the church. On the back, the reverse side, is the prayer card. This replaces what used to be in the friendship pad. Your pastors and deacons in particular appreciate the opportunity and the privilege to pray with and for you. This is one way that you can communicate the celebrations and concerns in your life to give us an opportunity to journey with you in prayer uh, as you would like. So know that the opportunity to complete those cards is before you and you can place them in the offering plate later in the service. A few announcements that we would like to highlight for you. This is Welcome Home Sunday. We are delighted to be back to our full complement of worship services and we're glad for those who may have been away during the summer and are returning, uh, we're glad that you are a part of our service this morning. We are offering our uh, regular second Sunday lunch following this service over in Jubilee Hall, and we hope that you will take the opportunity to enjoy fellowship and a time to reconnect with folks and to enjoy a great meal. This uh, lunch is unique in that we will uh, welcome Matthew Ruffner and a group of elders who will present on our new vision statement, which we have announced uh, in, in these last couple of weeks trusting that all belong to God, living like we belong to one another. Uh, you will hear a little bit about how uh, we came to that vision statement and ways that we hope to live into it. So that will occur following worship today in our lunchtime. In addition, we want to make sure that you uh, know that you're invited to participate in table groups, which will be forming in the near future. These table groups will take up the vision statement We'll continue to uh, study it and uh, learn ways to live into it. You can sign up and contact Sarah Johnson or Sarah R. As these groups are intended for young adults through senior adults, uh, anyone, uh, any adult of any age is welcome and encouraged to participate in this. In the coming weeks in September, we will offer a multi-week mission fair where each week we will focus on a particular ministry area. Next week we will uh, look to discipleship uh, and Bible Sunday. There will be opportunities for you to talk with people in Jubilee Hall about ways that you can uh, get into a study group, 
uh, a Bible study, a book study, and things of the like. And in the uh, future weeks, on the 23rd, we will focus on mission and outreach. The 30th, we will focus on care, worship, and fellowship opportunities. We hope that you will consider participating in uh, our uh, in this uh, mission focus, uh, so ministry focus, so that you can find ways to connect that will be meaningful to you and life-giving as well. And finally, I want to make sure that you know that after eight months, I will be installed officially as your associate pastor for congregational care, and I would welcome you to uh, the installation service, which will take place next Sunday, the 16th at 2.30 here in the sanctuary. It promises to be a meaningful time, and uh, we look forward to being together as a family of faith. Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it as we turn our full attention to God as we worship.
Let us join our voices in the responsive call to worship. Like a parent running to greet the prodigal son, God always welcomes us home. No matter how far we travel, God always welcomes us home. There is no place we can go where God's love cannot reach us. God always welcomes us home. Welcome home, children of God. try to do God's will, no matter how much we strive to be perfect, we will always fall short. So in hopes of reconciliation with God and with one another, we practice naming the ways in which we fall short, 
and we seek to make amends for the hurt we've caused. Let us join our hearts and our voices in confessing to God. Forgiving God, I do not understand my actions, for I don't do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I don't do the good I want, but instead find myself doing things that perpetuate sin and evil in the world. Help each of us to understand ourselves and remind us that we were created good. Interrupt this cycle of wrong action with your grace, that we might live holy and joyful lives. Amen. We are forgiven and healed through the power of Jesus Christ. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Having been reconciled to God and to one another, let us greet one another with signs of peace. The peace of Christ be with you. As we prepare to hear God's holy word, let us pray. Holy God, whose spirit comes to us in moments of both strength and weakness, come now into our midst that we might be able to hear your word in fullness and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It is Welcome Home Sunday, and it's so good to see uh, so many of you. It's good to be back in the pulpit. Uh, I feel like I have missed home this summer, and it's good to be back occupying this space. And uh, so grateful for a really gifted team of colleagues who have brought uh, really good words for us this summer. It is, uh, it's exciting for us as, uh, as a leadership here at the church. Our session has been wrestling for the last 16 months on who God is calling us to be for the next three to five years. And, and, and we've had some discernment conversations. We've been praying, we've been listening uh, to you and the congregation, and we are excited to reveal our new vision statement, trusting all belong to God, living like we belong to one another. 
And uh, I'm excited uh, because throughout the fall, we're going to spend the next two months, September and October, exploring this statement. And you may be thinking, uh, the statement's only like 10 words long. It's going to take two months doing that. And now you got it. <laughs> Welcome home. We're not in summer. Yeah, so it is exciting because I think this statement is a theological statement about who we are at our core and who God calls us to be every day. And I think that this statement is going to um, challenge us in the days and the weeks ahead. And so we're excited to preach on it. But I have to tell you, the first challenge of this statement is it is really difficult to trust that all belong to God if you don't trust that you belong to God. And so this morning, we got to talk about that. And as Presbyterian, so much that defines uh, if we belong to God is this uh, doctrine of original sin, right? And it's really easy. If we start at original sin, it's hard if we start there to work our way back to how God has created us. So instead of trying to work our way back, we're going to begin in the beginning. And our first scripture lesson comes to us from the book of Genesis this day. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you've already opened your Bible to page one, shut your Bible and put it in the pew rack this week. I promise God will love you if you don't follow along in the Bible. <laughs> but this, this portion of scripture is literally known in the Hebrew. Genesis, the book of beginnings. And it's, made, it's written for us to hear it. It's rhythmic. It's lyrical. And we got to hear it. So I invite you now to listen for the word of the Lord that comes to us from Genesis 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God hovered over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And there was evening. And there was morning. The first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters. And let it separate the water from the waters. And it was so. God called the dome sky. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together God called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. And, so, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the night from the day. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. There was evening. And there was morning. The fourth day. 
And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing which creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them. And it was so... God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. There was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Here now from Paul's letter to the Romans, the seventh chapter. I don't understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want. That is what I do. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary just as you hovered over the waters of creation. So we ask that you would create afresh and anew this very day, that you would reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words, that they might be your word to us here and now. That you might breathe new life to the words of my mouth and to the meditations of all of our hearts that all would be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I met a guy several years ago. His name was Derek. Derek uh, was not originally from the United States, and he, uh, he traveled every week for work. Some of you know what this is like. Derek told me that 
he would find himself in a brand new city every single day. But for him, he didn't really mind the travel because he wasn't from America, and it provided an opportunity for him to see parts of the country that he had only read about in books, or to discover cities that he had never even heard of. But there was something uh, that bothered Derek every morning when he left the hotel. Something just wouldn't leave him alone. It wasn't uh, the bed. It wasn't whether or not the pillows were perfect. Do you know what it was? It was the soap. It bothered Derek that every night when he would arrive at a hotel, there in the, in, in the bathroom waiting for him was a brand new package of bar soap and shampoo and conditioner. And then in like the really fancy hotels, he would even have some mouthwash waiting for him in those little containers. The soap bothered him because he would use that bar of soap twice and he would leave it in the shower, check out, and go on to the next city. This began to bother Derek so much that one morning he stopped at the front desk to ask the, the attendant there, the receptionist, with, what, what do you do with all of that partially used soap that I just leave behind? And she said, that's a really good question. Uh, I think we just throw it away. And Derek said, what do you mean you just throw it away? She said, yeah, I think we just throw it away. Derek went on to his uh, work meetings for the day, and he was driving back to a different hotel that night, and he began thinking, how much soap does that hotel that I stayed in last night throw away every day? How much soap do they throw away in a year? The question bothered him. So when he got home from his business trip, he said something to his wife. He said, I can't wrap my mind around that so much soap is simply discarded because the top layer of the soap is dirty, but the core of the soap wasn't contaminated. There's still goodness in that soap. I think I have an idea. So he went to a hotel where he put his family up when they would come and visit, and he said, can I speak with the manager? Manager comes out and he says, um, I got this issue with soap I need your help with. Um, I wondered if you would instruct the cleaning crews every day when they go to clean these rooms, if they wouldn't throw the soap away, but if they would put the soap in just big trash bags, I'll come back and get it. And the manager said, that's sort of an odd request. We've never had that before, but we'll do it. We'll do it for a week. A week went by the next Saturday. Derek shows up at the front desk counter and he says, uh, my name's Derek and uh, I, I'm here to pick up the soap. And the receptionist looked at him and she goes, oh, you're the guy. And he goes, yeah, I'm here to pick up the soap. She goes, did you bring any help? And he goes, what do you mean, did I bring any help? She said, uh, we have 12 25-gallon trash bags full of soap. Did you bring any help to lift it? <laughs> and Derek goes, can I get one of those carts that you put your luggage on? And she said, sure, I'll call the bellhop. Bellhop comes out, they load 12 bags of soap, put it in the back of his truck. Derek does this every Saturday for a month. At the end of the month, Derek, you know what he did? He had to call and rent warehouse space to keep all the soap. His garage wasn't big enough. And then Derek puts out an all call on social media, and he says, hey, I need some help um, working on this soap. I'll give you uh, volunteer hours for school. He called churches, so people started descending. They'd put on rubber gloves. They would bring the potato peelers from their house, and they would get that soap, and they would shave the 
top two layers off of it. Derek would then take that soap, he would grind it, purify it, and they would cast it into bigger bars. Derek had to quit his job because a year into this process, they had shipped out over 100,000 bars of giant soap from his warehouse. Back to his homeland, Uganda, where Derek was haunted by the memories, the images of seeing some of his friends and their families die when he was a young child of dysentery. Derek went on to be named one of CNN's Hero of the Year in 2011. He was named a hero because Derek was able to see what everyone else had failed to see. That just because the top layer of soap was dirty and used, it didn't define the core of the soap. The core was still good. The core had life. You don't have to be a minister to know that this will preach. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to keep on preaching because I think there's something to be said about this. Friends, I think that it is so easy, is it not, to look at the top layers of our lives? Really easy. Look in the mirror. Try it. You may have even done it this morning. Look in that mirror and we see only the top layers of our lives and we forget when we look in the mirror the core of who we are. The core of who we are is goodness. It's even more tempting to look at uh, the mirror and to see the brokenness of our lives and to believe that the brokenness is actually what defines us. If we view only the dirty layers of our lives, the, the sin, the brokenness, the failure, it's, it's nearly impossible to work our way back to the goodness that God has created us for. Uh, as Presbyterians, this is really hard for us because the doctrine of original sin, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, if we start there with Paul, it's really hard to walk our way back to Genesis. We got to start with Genesis. We got to start in the beginning, page one of the Bibles that you closed and put back. We have to remember who God created us for and what God created creation for. We have to begin there. Did you hear it in our scripture this morning? We tried to break it down for you so you would hear that rhythmic, and God saw that it was good. It was lyrical. They're poetic and powerful words. They're designed for us to hear over and over and over again that everything that we see, everything that we encounter is created out of God's goodness. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, and God saw that it was good. Everything that God created was made for goodness. But something changed when God made humankind. Did you hear it? God creates humankind in God's own image. And the liturgical refrain, did you hear it? It changed. 
God saw everything that God had made. And indeed, it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. It seems to me that creation was not complete until God created human beings in the image of the divine. Another way to say this, uh, God wasn't finished creating until God made in God's own image. You were made in the image of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. God knit you together. We are made, the very core of us, of you and me and every person that we pass on the street, we are made for goodness. I mean, we're not good on our own. We're good because God has made us that way, created us that way, and it is the foundation of who we are. But Matthew, did you happen to turn on the news last night? We were made for goodness. Did you see what happened in Syria yesterday? More bombs, more innocents, people lost. Really, Matthew, did you, uh, did you not see the people who were uh, standing over at 75 Central Expressway this morning as you drove to church? You, you're trying to tell me that this is made for goodness? Matthew, I read the newspaper, I live my life, and what I see is pain. I see a world that's broken. I see famine and war and greed and lies and abuse. Exploitation? Are you trying to tell me that that's goodness? That's to say nothing of the pain of my own life, Matthew. I mean, do you know what it's like to have the pain of broken vows? What it must feel like to carry the pain of losing a loved one. Pain of illness that drives you to a chemo chair every other week. That's pain. Pain of unmet expectations or even worse, pain of dreams that didn't come true. What about those times, Matthew, when I wanted to do good? And I ended up doing something else instead. Listen, I, I don't think that we can ignore the brokenness. I'm not, not asking that we do that. I am asking us to retrain our eyes to understand that the brokenness, while it exists in this world, it exists in our very lives, that that brokenness is not the foundation on which we were built. And there's a difference. You can be made good and prone to sin, but that does not define the goodness that you were made from. You can be a tiny bar of soap in a hotel room, get used twice, and still be soap. Friends, the, the pain and the sin of the world is powerful. But that pain in our lives, the pain of the world, does not change the foundation on which we were built. It doesn't define who we are. God's creation isn't defined by pain and suffering or brokenness. 
the foundation of God's whole creation, of our very lives, is goodness. All of you uh, by now know who one of my favorite theologians is. It's Father Gregory Boyle. He's a Jesuit priest. Father Boyle has been working in a neighborhood in Los Angeles that is the gang capital of Los Angeles. So let's be clear. Los Angeles is the gang capital of the United States. Father Boyle has been working in the gang capital neighborhood. So he works in the gang capital of the gang capital of the United States for over 20 years. And he tells the following story that I think gives us just a foretaste of what I'm talking about. Father Boyle says, you know, I had a 23-year-old homie. His name was Miguel. Miguel was working for me on the graffiti crew. As with a great many of our workers, I had met him years earlier while he was detained. Miguel was an extremely nice kid whose pleasantness was made all the more remarkable by the fact that he had been completely abandoned by his family. Prior to their rejection of him, they had mistreated and abused and scarred him for his whole life. Miguel calls me one New Year's Day, and he says, Happy New Year, G. Father Boyle says, Hey, that's very thoughtful of you. You know, Miguel, I was just thinking of you on Christmas. What'd you do for Christmas? Father Boyle asked, knowing that Miguel had no family to welcome him in. Oh, you know, I was just right here, Miguel said, meaning in his tiny little apartment where he lives alone. All by yourself, I asked. Oh, no, no, quickly, he says. I invited homies from the crew, you know, the vatos like me who didn't have no place to go for Christmas. Miguel named five homies who came over to his tiny apartment, all guys who were enemies of his, guys who were in rival gangs. Really? I said to Miguel. That sure was nice of you. But now he's got Father Boyle curious so I asked him what'd you do well Miguel says you're not going to believe this but I cooked a turkey he says you can feel his pride just welling up through the phone he goes wow you did well how'd you prepare it Miguel says you know ghetto style Father Boyle says I'm not really familiar with the recipe (laughs) Miguel goes well you know you just rub it with a gang of butter throw a bunch of salt and pepper on it squeeze a couple of limones over it and you put it in the oven it tasted proper Father Boyle says, wow, I'm impressed. What else did you have besides the turkey? Nothing. We didn't eat anything else other than the turkey. Miguel's voice tapers. Yeah, just the six of us, we we just sat there staring at the oven, (laughs) waiting for the turkey to be done. One would be hard-pressed to imagine something more sacred and ordinary than these six orphans on Christmas Day staring at an oven together. It's the entire law and prophets all in one moment, right in that humble yet holy kitchen. Not long after this phone call, Father Boyle gives Miguel a ride home after work. Father Boyle says he had long been curious about Miguel's own certain resilience. When they arrive at Miguel's apartment, Father Boyle says, Hey, Miguel, can I ask you a question? Um, How how do you do it, man? 
I mean, given all that you have been through, all the suffering in your life, all of the pain and the stuff, how are you like the way that you are? It doesn't take Miguel half a breath to answer. He says, Father G, you know, I always suspected that there was something of goodness in me. But I just couldn't find it. Until one day, he quiets a bit, he said, one day, I discovered it in here. It was in my heart the whole time. I found it. Goodness. And ever since that day, I've always known who I was. Miguel gets caught up by his own truth. And then he says, and now, ever since that day, nothing can touch me. And God saw that Miguel was so very, very good. God looked at the whole of Miguel's life and saw to the core of who he was he was made for goodness and there was evening there was morning the first day of his life friends do you know who you are do you know what you were made for You were made for goodness, each and every one of you. Your lives might not reflect it all the time, but that's what you were made for because God declared it so. God looks at all parts of your life, every layer. Even the dirty ones that reside right on top. Those layers that you wish you could take a potato peeler and just get right off. God sees through those to the core of who God has made you to be, which is the image of divine goodness. For you are a child of God made in the image of God. So today, right now, God looks at you. God looks at all of us. Your life and your heart. And God says, oh, it is so very, very good. Let us pray. Could it be true? Could it be true that you made us for such goodness, O God? You did send your son, Jesus the Christ, to teach us a new way so that we might all know your love and goodness for this world and for our very lives. You call it grace. And our only response forever and for always is 
Thank you. Amen. We have heard the word read and proclaimed. We have been encouraged. We've been challenged. We have been convicted. And so it is appropriate for us to respond. Respond by affirming what it is that we believe about this God, this creator of ours. I want to call to your attention that the words that we are using to affirm our faith today come from the 2009 vision statement of this congregation. In using these words in the face of a new vision statement that we are now living into, we are acknowledging with gratitude the shoulders upon which we stand. And so I invite all in body or spirit to please stand as we say together what it is that we believe. We embrace a vision of hope for the future, trusting in the goodness of God who is indeed able to surpass the limits of human imagination, aware that all planning is provisional. We will continually remain open to new and fresh visions of where God is leading us as the body of Christ. You may be seated. As has already been mentioned, this is Welcome Sunday ways that we are reminded that we're connected. And I draw your attention as we do every week to the back of the bulletin to the joys and concerns. This is one way we stay connected, knowing what's going on in the lives of our fellow members. Please remember them. And please also continue to keep in prayer the following individuals. Charles Sewitt, Ken Perry, Gordon Brown, Jim Walther. Each is experiencing some health concerns, and we do want to remember them this day. And again, I also want to invite you, as we do each week, as you exit through the north transept doors, just to your left there is a table that has care letters. Care letters for members of the congregation we would invite you to sign those letters, for your signature is a means of prayer in itself, a prayer of support and compassion and concern. Now, one of the joys we have to share today is, as we mentioned, Welcome Home Sunday. And it takes a lot of people volunteering of their time, responding to their own individual calls, to make this possible, to be the Church of Jesus Christ here in Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. So we want to remember those volunteers, the teachers, their assistants, their staff support, all the people that welcome us as we come in the doors each and every week, and the many others that we may not see, but who make this our home and welcome us every day. So it's with all of this in mind that I now invite you to join me in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, you sent among us Jesus the Christ as a sign of your love and compassion for your children. It's with a sense of call, a 
spirit of hope that invites us to bring you our individual concerns, our collective prayers. Therefore, we pray for all who are struggling in various places of their lives, whether it be in employment or underemployment, relationships that are constantly changing and sometimes even broken. For those feeling alone or worse yet, invisible, or those dealing with the daily pressures that can so easily and so quickly overwhelm us. God, comfort your people. Comfort those of us who are hurting in body, mind, or spirit, who are struggling with uncertainty, with the unknown, where clouds cover our knowledge and distort our vision. May peace and rest be with those who have been transported to that other world we will all enter one day. And may your sense of hope reside with us who feel so weighted down by their loss. Lord, these are but a few of the moments that bring us to this place and this time of worship where we can ponder how you wish us to serve your people with genuine authenticity and with a deep and abiding faith. Whether our answers are clear or unclear to us, what we do know is that you reside among us and your spirit is there to guide us in a manner that reflects the Christ whose prayer our voices join together in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as we turn our attention to our giving of tithes and offerings, I call to your attention our Every Dollar Counts offering this month and its focus, which is the Moe Ranch community in Hunt, Texas. This is a place of education and fellowship and relaxation. It's a place that holds a special place in many of our hearts, for Preston Hollow has a long, deep and wide history and partnership with Moe Ranch. And so as you uh, include your single dollar bills and coins, know that those particular parts of our offering will be going to Moe Ranch this month. As the ushers come forward, let us now give generously, for God has been so generous with us.
let us pray. Generous God, we thank you for the gifts that have been given out of your abundance to us. We thank you that you use the likes of us to bring forward your purposes on this earth. Use these gifts and us, we humbly pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. made for goodness. You were made for goodness. You were made for goodness. That is the good news of the gospel. Go share it with the world as we leave this hour of worship to be the church in the world. May God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth, far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them. May God take our lips and speak through them. And may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in all our ways. Amen. <laughs>